This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Your Saltwater Guy, Captain Dave Hansen, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. We got my good friend, my buddy, my pal, who's always got something really good to say, and he's hot off of filming season four of Tommy the Fishmonger, and... uh we are going to go live with Tommy in just a minute. I just want to touch base real quick with uh, the Deckhand Sports. We'll be showing you a cool video of Deckhand Sports in just a few minutes. And uh, I want you to all to get on that uh, QR code right there and get that 15% off so you can keep your fish fresh. And after you hear what Tommy has today to say today, this is going to go perfect with what he has to say about fish and how to take care of your fish. This bag is an incredible bag. These kill bags that deckhand sports came out with are an incredible bag we'll show you more about them later on in the show but this is a perfect perfect guest to have on here with deckhand sports sponsoring the show so that makes me feel really good inside and i want to thank everybody for all the views last night that show was incredible from long beach harbor unfortunately justin touched the wrong button about three quarters of the way through it we lost about three quarters of our audience, but we still had over 10,000 watched minutes on that live show last night. So that was incredible. Three hours of just the most insane hoop netting inside of Long Beach, LA Harbor. If you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. And those of you that missed it, you missed out on 25 legal lobsters for four people up to 13. 13 pounds on the scale, on the digital scale. 13-pound lobster topped out the night. Lots of three-pounders. Really, really fun. Lots of big rock crabs. Just uh, There it is. There's the big one for the night, 13 pounds. It was an incredible show, gang. We're going to do the whole show again tomorrow night at about 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Justin will be live from out on the water. Look at those lobsters. Lots of big mambo lobsters last night. Incredibly fun. The live show is getting so much traction. No one's ever done it before. So you get to see what's going on out on a hoop net trip out inside of Long Beach, LA Harbor. And I, I'm telling you, the viewership is skyrocketing. I, I, I'm blown away. I think we're on to something bitching here and we're going to keep doing it as long as you all keep watching. And 10,000 watched minutes, that's huge. There's some networks on television that don't get that many in a month. We got that many on a show last night, three hour show. So make sure you tune in tomorrow night. We'll talk more about it. Elliot and I will promote it right up till Justin leaves tomorrow night. So I don't want any of you to miss it. But with a no further ado, we got our buddy standing by. He's super busy. He's way more busier than I am. He's at his, his uh, restaurant fish market store down there in San Diego, right on the water right now at Tunaville Market and Grocery. Come on, Tommy. Come on in here. Let's tell everybody how bitching I am. <laughs> You're Bonnaroo bitching, bro. How are you, man? It's good to see you. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I put on my seatbelt. I know we're in for a hell of a show today. Where's the monkey? He's right behind me running around. I gave him some mangoes. He's fired up. He's like tweaking right now. So he'll be running around here in a minute. Put a little monster energy drink in his water bowl, man. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him all wound up for the show for sure. So you just got done flying all over the country, making some bitching content for your show. Yeah, and it's, man. All, it's all, you know, what I love is I've learned so much just hanging out with you about 
sustainable seafood, American caught seafood, how important it is to support the American fishermen. Most people that are watching this, they think they're sustainable fishery thing. And then they go to Costco and they buy a bag of shrimp. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. You know, the one thing that it's really important for people to understand that your American fishermen are not the bad guys, you know, like every industry, there's a few bad apples, but overall they're doing the right thing. They're sustainable. They're doing the right thing. Nobody wants to kill the last of anything when they're out there on the water. They are the true stewards of the sea. And it's unfortunate that our guys are, are uh, still, God, I got a turkey neck. Man, look at that thing. Where the hell did that come from? Jesus. Well, I'm going to just talk the rest of the time with my hand over my neck. So, so, I don't know what so, you're talking about. I mean, our guys aren't the bad guys, bro. And they're getting beat up because once people start paying attention here, even though it's not all true, then it kind of filters out all over the world. And we see that a lot. But, you know, all I can really tell the American public is to know your source, ask questions, know where your food comes from in general. And when I say that here, remember like, remember the, the fruit cocktail you used to get in the can and it had uh, it had the little cherry in it. You remember those? Yeah, yeah, the okay, dough, the dough. If you got two, if you got two halves, you were like totally stoked and all that, right? And if you didn't get one, you were bummed out. Or if you got a whole bunch of grapes, you were like, "Oh, this ain't good." <laughs> I want you to go the next time you go to the store. I want you to go down that aisle and I want you to pick up a can of that, and I want you to read the country of origin. You know, see, and I say this all the time. You know, you read the label of what's in your dog and cat food, but you don't read the label of what you're putting in your own body. But I want everybody to start looking at the country of origin. You know, um, it's a big deal, man. It really, truly is. You don't put shitty fuel in your body. So stop putting crappy food in your you don't put crappy fuel in your car. So quit putting crappy food in your body, man. It don't run right or whatever. Something like that. Right. No, it's like you always say. Good seafood isn't cheap, but cheap seafood isn't good, and and that's the bottom line. And if you know, you're buying it from the, if you're buying it from the giant stores like Walmart or Kmart or Target, you're not buying the American caught seafood. Let's be perfectly honest. Well, that's that's where reading the label comes from. You know, it 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 might be it might be caught in America, it might be caught by an American boat, but it might be packed in a foreign country as well. You know, we don't know until you really get down to it. And you read the label and seafood fraud is is big and bad and it's not a good thing. And, you know, there's restaurants here in San Diego, man, that are, you know, spiny lobster season is here. And, it, you know, you're showing a warm water Caribbean lobster and you're selling it and passing it off as a local lobster. That ain't cool, man. You know, you're selling, you know. Chinese scallops and that are frozen and defrosted and chemically glazed and, you know, saying we have diver, you know, diver scallops from George's Bank. Really? Really? From George's Bank. You got divers going down in there and getting scallops. All right. Cool, man. Whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tell us another story. Come on. But, you know, it, it is what it is, man. And, and uh, you know, we're trying to push that story on the, uh, on the show and we were we we're in South Carolina. I'll tell you a good story <clears throat> in South Carolina boats leaving at five o'clock. We're going to go shrimping, right? Totally cool. All right. Guy comes over and goes, Hey, we're running a little bit late waiting on a crew member. I'm like, ah, no worries, man. You know, so good old people down there, man, in South Carolina, just that low country. They're just a different breed down there. And they're so cool. Truck pulls up and out steps this, blonde female she's got a tank top on she got a camo hat on she's got camo pants she's covered in blood and she gets out and she says hey y'all i'm sorry that i'm late but i hit a deer on the way out here so i had to drag him around the truck and get him in front of my headlights and i field dressed him right there on the side of the road with my buck knife and i'm looking at her like you gotta be kidding me right <laughs> and she walks to the back of her tailgate and sure enough, man, she drops her tailgate and there's a deer quartered and skinned 
right there. And I look at the, the, the skipper and I'm like, is she for real? Goes, yeah, that's my niece. I was like, oh my God, it was awesome. But these yeah. are people, man. And they're providing, you know, that's that South Carolina shrimp I had down there was absolutely, I mean, I'm not kidding you. And it wasn't just because it was freshly caught and dumped on deck because I had some at the restaurant and then I had some that was defrosted by far some of the best shrimp I've had. And they're getting like pennies on the dollar for it because influx of imported is so much cheaper. See that Dan Smith just put that up there. I didn't see it. I can't. Let's see. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The petite lobster. Sure. Yeah. You mean shorts? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then Ace, we've been waiting for your show for a long time, Tommy. Absolutely. So there's something that you and I talked about last time you were on the show is the appetite in the United States is bigger than any, any other country in the world for seafood. They, we eat more seafood than anybody else, but we go after our commercial fishermen like no other country in the world. We, we have so many people let's, that fish go out recreational fishing and talk crap about the purse saners or talk crap about the squid fishermen, the guys that are killing themselves to try to make a living catching fish in the United States of America, the most overregulated fishery in the world. And then people go, well, why is that fish so expensive? I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to buy that stuff at Walmart that came from I don't know where. And it's so sad that we can't support our own fishery. And people don't even understand that they're not supporting it. And that's something I've been talking about almost every show since I had you on here last time because you made me aware of the fact because I was kind of out in left field, not really understanding. And you're like, hey, hey. These saner guys that are out here fishing in Southern California, they're so overregulated. They don't even get to make a living, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. They're barely scratching by. And then we're all we're all standing on the sidelines going, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so I got a, I got several rock fishing, rock cod boats that fish for me. And they go, I buy the whole load. Whatever they bring in, I buy. I don't nickel and dime. I don't cherry pick. I pay top dollar far far more than anybody else is paying mitch and i mitch connor from mitch's seafood and our, our investors here are very adamant in buying more local seafood than anybody else in san diego and paying more for it they just cut our rock god our rock cod guys quota by 25 percent for vermilion and that's ridiculous because these guys are rod and reeling they got they're going out there rod and reeling man they're not a, going out there dropping long line gear on the bottom or pulling a drift net or a gill net like they used to in days gone by. And it's just asinine to me that you're going to take a small boat fishery, which is small in numbers as well in size, one to two guys out on a boat and you're going to cut their quota by 25%. Where's the science on that? You know, um, they're bringing in, it seems like the more they bring in, the more regulations they're going to get hit with. And it's scary because, you know, the ultimate goal is to just shut down commercial fishing. And I'm seeing this everywhere we go to film the show. We're seeing the small operators, the small independent uh, offloading stations being gobbled up by bigger companies. And then they shut those down. And now the fisherman, instead of running, you know, 10 miles back to his home port, he's got to run another 60 miles up the coast. And then when he gets up there, they got to buy the food from up there. They got to buy the fuel from the from the fueling station that the big company owns. They got to buy the ice that the big company owns. And all of that stuff is taken out of their check. And then they're stuck with whatever the price is. I don't know if you were following, but did you see what the guys were getting for salmon this year? No, I did silver not. Sam I, I silver did. salmon, eight cents. A pound. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can you can buy fuel with that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Ace High says, "What will the Gomes family be serving for Thanksgiving this year?" It ain't gonna be a turkey, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Now we're probably gonna eat a bug or two with some scallops and some shrimp and pasta and hang out with me and my dog on the couch. 
Nice. Yeah. So why why do you think that that price was all the way down to eight cents? And they're just doing everything they can to get us out of this. You know, I don't know, man. That's a hard one. I don't know if it's because they wanted to import more Russian fish to help Russia with their war in the Ukraine because they can't send them money, you know, or there's all kinds of conspiracy theories going on about that. And, you know, why are we importing more Russian king crab than ever? And just, I don't know, man, there's just some weird stuff going on and you can't, you don't really know because we're not in charge. Right. Let's look at a little bit of video here. I think we got something coming up on the screen, Elliot. Is that? No, oh, that was that just posted. Yeah. So this stuff here, this seaweed you're looking at here, when you fry it up in a pan, believe it or not, takes on the flavor characteristics and profile of bacon. <laughs> wow. Bacon. And it's good for you. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And you got that at Mark Tunaville? Yeah, we got it down here. We get it in twice a week. It, it moves, you know. People like to mix it up with their poke and stuff like that. And I saw you had some dry-aged swordfish you were showing off in this. Oh, yeah. There's so this piece here, this is a piece of uh, tuna that I dry-aged and then marinated in red wine, and it came out really nice. The great Oh, yeah. Yeah, the great thing about this is, you know, being a full-blown alcoholic like myself, the alcohol dissipates in it, and I can still get that flavor, and it hasn't kicked me off to do a major relapse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, that looks it's making me hungry yeah. but yeah i understand people on our side of the fence understand what you just said yeah. for sure i mean i don't get me wrong i got another run in me but i don't have another i don't have another recovery, recovery bro <laughs> nope that's the thing that scares me i know i got one good run yeah. i know that for a fact but i don't know if i got a good recovery right again, so my ego won't let me go out anyway right but yeah, what do we got in this picture? What are we doing? Here? Uh, we're rinsing off collars. Oh yeah, that's the that's your uh, monchong. Chong. Yeah, love that fish. The collars are delicious. You know when you bust them open and you're done cooking them, the meat is really dark, and so it's not something that is very appetizing visually, but it is so good. Because it's got a lot of oil in it, right? Yeah. So it's like super moist. Yeah. It's very, very, oh. It's good stuff, man. Any collar is good. You know, the collar's good. The throat meat's good. The, the tongue is good. All of that. Oh, yeah. And I, I never tasted that dry age stuff till I came up to your shop and I was, I was just blown away right? at how good that. Oh my God, so good. And I, I used to sit there, you know, and on my show, oh, Tommy the fishmonger. No, fish doesn't get better with age. Yeah, well, guess what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Look at that piece. That that was so good. And then you took that soy sauce that had been aged in that wood on that yeah. bourbon barrel. Yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh. That was such a phenomenal piece. You got stuff like that still in the shop? Oh, yeah. Every day we got it. You know, the we're constantly rotating stock and paying attention of it. But, you know. There's a cat up there in Sherman Oaks, uh, Leeway at the joint. He'd been down on the sport boat since he was a little kid, man. I remember him running around when he was a little kid down here. And um, he's like the grand, the grand poobah of dry aging, man. This guy has got it down to a science. He's really good with what he's doing, you know. Um, he's got a great operation up there. It's called the joint. I, I believe it's in Sherman Oaks. Pretty cool. Well, I think you're pretty good at it, too. I don't know. I, I'm sure his stuff's going to taste pretty phenomenal. But I'll tell you what, every bite of that stuff I had with you and that spine, oh, my gosh. The Keyboard Warriors, Tommy, we've had over 2 million views on this on uh, Instagram. And yeah. we've had over 3 million views on this on Facebook. And you're right. The Keyboard Warriors just came out of the woodwork, even though you told them. They still want to let us know that this is some cushion fluid or some it's just like dude just eat it yeah oh, God. yeah you know um so i like to call it swordfish bone marrow because right. uh for the same reason why they call it a chilean sea bass and not the patagonian toothfish i'm not gonna sit there and go hey 
this is spinal fluid from a swordfish. You want to try it? People are going, no, I don't want to try that. But I've never had any, well, no, I've had a couple people not like this out of literally, Dave, literally, bro, out of a thousand or more people that I've served it to, only one or two didn't like it. And it's kind of like, I call it the first date sauce, you know, she'll swallow that. Good to go. Yeah. Okay. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to put that. We're not going there. There's your vermilions that they just cut 25% off gang for what? For no reason at all. Zero point zero science. It's a control thing, gang. Bottom line. It's a control thing. Yeah. So it doesn't really make much sense to shut down a small group or or to take 25% away from this small group of fisheries uh, fishers that first off they got to work with the weather you know i get i got six or seven of these guys that fish for me and you know they call and say hey man we have a weather window we're going to go okay go and then they all show up at the same time and we offload them now, think about that, okay? Before, like our dads, or even when we were younger, you know, we had the Marine VHF radio. That was it. We didn't have 10, 15, 20-day forecasts to where, oh, there's a weather front coming in. You either had to feel it, know it, listen to the old timers, and stay home. Now, they got a weather window coming, they know, so they all go fishing. We didn't have that before. Guys went fishing, they went fishing. If it got rough, you went and tucked yourself in behind San Clemente or Catalina or up the coast a little bit. Or, you know, back in the day, you sneak in the colonnette, anchor up a colonnette or places like that. So it's not like they're out there pounding away every single day on the same rock. And they don't. Right. But, you know, like you want to pick at the low-hanging fruit because – your commercial fishermen are out there fishing and they don't have the time to put their butt in a seat at these fishery management meetings. They don't get paid for that like the NGOs do and the environmental groups that are getting funded to go to these things and protest against your American fishermen. It doesn't make any sense. Right. One thing that's super important, and you'll agree with me on this one, is to keep your fish as fresh as possible and a good kill bag something that's super important on your boat the guys that you work with the number one priority is fish handling the way they handle that fish when it gets caught let me show you a quick video gang about deckhand sports we'll get right back to this with tommy here watch this real quick Tommy, do me a favor. Talk about that fish handling thing. You and I came up in the sport boat industry. You went on to do great things in the commercial industry, saners and fishing at tuna all over the world. But the number one thing that we really didn't focus on too much in the sport boat days was fish handling. And now yeah. it's the number one thing. And this product is incredible. It's got so many different tie down spots because as you know, on a yacht or on a skiff, there's nowhere to tie the bag up to. These, this guy, Dave, has gone all through this whole system. He's got so many tie-down spots. Those little ribs, I don't know if you saw them in the video. Keep the bag open. Keep that fish not laying in a big puddle of water underneath of it. It's like he's got ribs in there that hold there. You can see the ribs there, right yeah. there. Hold the fish off the stagnant water. It's got drain plugs. It's, a, it's just a state-of-the-art kill bag but talk about fish handling for just a minute while we're on this subject. you know it's important back in the day you know i mean we all saw the barracudas in the gunny sack and the bonita in the gunny sack and stuff and then 
I believe it was Steve Giffen on the holiday, rest his soul, Captain Steve Giffen, Captain Midnight there. He uh, he was the first one to put the saltwater spray system around the bait tank to spray onto the gunny sacks. Otherwise, it was us up to the deckhands and the other crew members there to run around with the hoses and keep everything nice and wet. Um, and his spray system wasn't refrigerated or anything else. He was just pumping water like through the bait tank. But these, it's important to keep your fish super fresh, um, not to get it smashed up. I see it all the time. These guys going out in the in their skiffs and uh, bringing in bluefin tuna, you know, and said, oh, yeah, we took care of it. We took care of it. And you go to cut it open, and one side of it has just been pulled over the rail, and it's all busted up. So you're taking this, you know, nine to eleven dollar a pound fish and you just turned it into a three dollar and fifty cent fish because you're not taking care of it correctly when you get a kill bag like this that keeps it off of the bottom and keeps it out of the water the melted water and everything that's where your bacteria is floating around in there is all in, in that bloody water and everything it's it's getting uh the bloody water is just getting back into the meat and all that stuff and so it's just not good man it, and seeing that bag, I've never seen a bag like that that had it elevated up off the bottom. So that's the super cool thing for me. Well, that's what I thought when I first saw it. And I called Dave up. He just happened to post on our social media. And I called him up immediately. And I said, tell me more about this bag. I've never seen the ribs in a kill bag. Yeah, it holds the bag open. It's not all folded up like a envelope pressing those fish. And then you get that perfect distribution of the ice which is incredible i'm i'm i know we're talking about a sponsor of the show but man no, it's, those bags it's a revolutionary thing that needed to be taken care of i mean come on man we went from gunny sacks to rsw to super thin fillet bags to five mil thick vacuum pack bags to blast freezing to ikajimi to all of this stuff to no, I only need one bluefin tuna, not 20, you know, and then go all the way back to, oh, I'm going to get as many tuna as I can because I'm going to trade them in for cans to now we have a coffin that this fish can actually lay in and not get beat up and not get bent and broken fillets because it's off of the bottom. There's ribs along the side. It's extra stiff. It holds better tie downs all the way around when you tie them in the back of your truck or you tie them down to your boat you tie them into the back of your truck you got better lifting pads i don't even know this bag i've never even seen it i've never even had my hands on it but if you look at it i don't know anything about this guy or the bag but if you look at it you can see that oh somebody actually thought about this you know it's kind of like right. what it's was his right. name back in the day on this was it dennis braid Remember Dennis? Yeah. And he started coming oh, yeah. in with all that stuff from the wind-ons, the wire leaders to the the ply the deckhand plier kit that you hung on your belt and all that stuff. It's super cool when you see the innovation of what's going on within the sport fishing industry. And when you know, gone are the pen five hundreds that are all newled out with the newly bars and the newel spool and and the bearings and all that. Now we got these accurates and all these other fishing reels that are crazy and um so that's a great question uh, is it necessary to yeah. gut the fish right away as well as bleeding it it depends on if you're a wide open bite or not <laughs> i mean let's be real but yeah i mean you want to chill the fish down because the fish comes in so i'm talking about a tuna or a big home guard yellowtail or something like that um you want to chill it down you want to bleed it that fish is hot it's super hot if you're talking you know, rockfish, you get those nice five to seven pound vermilion red rockfish that are, oh, so good. You know, take the time, bleed them, ikajimi them. You'll see a difference if you're doing sashimi. And the more, the more knowledge that you can gain with taking a minute or two to handling your fish, the better your fish is going to be. Um, that's just a known fact. Gone are the days of throwing fish in a gunny sack and all that. So... Yes, bleed your fish, clip a gill. If you're in a wide open bite, clip a gill, rip a gill, as they used to say, you know. And then as soon as the bite slows down, go handle your catch, man. It's simple. And we don't need to catch the most 
on a, on a sport boat. You don't need that. You need enough to take home and feed your family and maybe give a little bit away to your neighbors. Right. That's something that you and I grew up at. We had to get every one of them. You needed a fish count. You needed 300 f- you needed 300 albies in the count. If you didn't have 300, you sucked today. You know, you, would, you know, you would fish back in the day. We would fish the Coronado Islands for yellowtail during the day. And then in the afternoon, we'd run into IB and just slay the, the barracuda. And now we can't even, you know, can't do right. that anymore. No, you're not allowed to, first of all. You know what? My sister just sent me an email. The Fish and Wildlife came up with another great idea. Because we had a phenomenal halibut season, which you and I don't even remember ever having a phenomenal rod and reel halibut season in California. But we did this year. So because of the fact that Tommy Gomes and Dave Hansen were smiling and laughing and had a suntan and we're talking about how good the halibut fishing is, now they're changing it to two no more five they're taking it to two it's on the docket it's going to happen next month my sister just sent me the email so the reason why they do things like that and here's just this is just me not this is not a fact (laughs) tommy gomes thinks uh, because there's less and less commercial fishermen there's less halibut being landed so they think that the the biomass is gone or the broad stock is gone and so we need to regulate it more and more. We already regulated 80% of the commercial fishermen, so we're going to have 80% less of the fish landed. So let's regulate it a little bit more until we don't have any fishing. And, but you know, we've been I've said this from the very beginning of the MLPA and all of that stuff, that once they get a hold of the commercial fishermen and there's none left, they're coming. They're not going to stop there. It doesn't matter how many billions of dollars are generated in state revenue for sport fishing. They're coming. It's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. I talk about it every day on my show. It's that's the number one thing. Well, here's the big problem, Tom, you and I, we agree on pretty much everything, but if we get one of our, one of our friends, that's a uh, recreational fisherman, they're going to tell you and I that we're talking out our ass because co- the commercial guys are what's wiping out the fishery here in Southern California. And, it, da, 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 da. and you can't get three recreational fishermen to agree on nothing. I say you and I agree on it. We're recreational fishermen, but we get a third guy in and he's not going to agree with what you and I said. And so we're an easy target, yeah. the recreational fishermen, because we'll fight. I mean, there's still booger eaters out there that are saying the best thing that ever happened to Calico Bass is when we took it from 12 to 14 inches. And I'm like, you guys are out of your ever-loving mind. Now you're telling everybody it's cool to kill the spawners. You and I grew up in a world where we never kept a 14-inch Calico. We were like, that's our spawn. That's our bread and butter. We let him go. We're going to take the 12 inches. They taste better. There's billions of those. Even, We're gonna even the old man would come down and go, "Hey, you don't want to keep keeping those big fish." If you was fishing Sacramento Reef down below <clears throat> and fly lining and whatever, and you get you get bit on those big calicos down there, back in the day, that the old man would come down and go, "Hey, you don't want to keep those. You want a yeah. bunch of calico meat? We'll go get it for you, but don't keep these because these are your breeders." So, but it's it's fishing, so. I've been fishing the South Bay of San Diego religiously for well over 20 years on every Sunday. Every Sunday I'm back there. And things are changing. And when you're going to suck at fishing, you might as well suck the best. And so this last weekend, I was the best sucker on the boat because (laughs) I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. Uh, One buddy got 30. We only fished for three hours. And my one friend, Cobra Bob, who'd been on the sport boats forever, and he's retired now, and he gets 37. My friend, Jim Cowan, he gets 28. They got two bonefish. I got three. Three spotted bay bass all day. (laughs) So, you know, if we're going to count that as like, oh, you know, the stocks are in danger. Now we're going to shut down the South Bay because, oh, Tommy Gomes only got three fish. There must be something wrong. No, I sucked. <laughs> exactly. 
You had a bad day. We've all been there. But yeah, they go, okay, that's the science we're going with today. We're shutting down this spotted bay yeah. bass fishery. So if you go, if if I'm a pilot and you're giving me money to go take stock assessment on XYZ, and as the pilot, a spotter pilot for XYZ, I know where the biomass is, but they tell me, no, don't go that direction. We want you to go look over here. You know, there's, there's nothing over there. Well, no, we need to go assess that. And when they go assess it, they fly around and it goes, oh, there's nothing here, man. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. 50 miles to the south, it's, you know, tonnage, but we're not looking over there. It's just weird, man. No, it's super sad. That's the same thing they did with the sardine fishery. They're saying there's no sardines. You can't drive 10 feet without running into a massive school of sardines all over the place. But they went and they looked three miles off the beach where there's no sardines. They didn't look near an island. They didn't look near a coast. They looked three miles out in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, okay, we looked around here. There's no sardines here. So we got to close down the sardine fishery because, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. Yeah. It's Tell just, that to Abraham Bait Brothers and the other bait haulers that are just going out there and loading up for all the sport fishing boats, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and they want to shut them down because they're saying that that's, that's uh, contributing to the starvation of the California sea lion. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty, plenty of great sport fisher men out there that have their own boats and stuff. And they're commercial fishing as well. They're fishing legally. They're buying their permits. They're going fishing. They're bringing it in. They're doing the right thing. Nobody wants to be out there to kill the last of anything. So it's something other than, I mean, there's a bigger picture out there. And for me personally, I really believe that that they just want to end commercial fishing because I'm seeing it everywhere I go on the, on the show, interviewing commercial fishermen. Yeah, that's probably the number one thing you're seeing across the country is the 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 United States government wants to shut down fishing in the United States. I think it's just, I think it's local NGOs, local environmental groups. You know, the windmills were a big thing in, in Maine. We talked about the Maine lobster earlier. Uh, they won that case. <laughs> nice. We're talking about that and look who pops up. <laughs> Absolutely. Elliot's good like that. He's always on, always on the relative, the most relative, relevant thing that we're talking about. Yeah, but it's happening all over. For, you know, it was the windmills and then the, the Maine lobstermen are up against the, the right whale. And there hasn't been a right whale killed in the Gulf of Maine and or entangled even in the Gulf of Maine for decades. Yet they wanted to shut it down. You know, the most sustainably harvested lobster on the planet is the Maine lobster fishery. And they wanted to shut it down. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, yeah, we're going to import a bunch of IUU fish. And for those that don't know, IUU is illegal, unreported, unregulated seafood so that we can feed the masses this garbage fish that's coming in. Wild seafood is the only thing that we don't manufacture. You manufacture our beef, our chicken, our pork. You're certainly manufacturing the plant-based burger, whatever that thing is. Yet, Ugh. you know, you can't go fishing and go catch a nice big fish and bring it in to eat because they deem it to be uh, endangered or overfished or, you know, which is illegal. You cannot actively engage in overfishing the activity of overfishing or harvesting something that's deemed overfished. You can't do that. It's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, see, they don't even you see, I left you speech. Boys and girls, Tommy Gomes here with the news today. I left Dave Hansen speechless. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just it gets me so angry. I'm just like, I can't even and I gotta be very careful because I don't want to get canceled. So I'm like, okay, you stop for a minute, think about what you're about to say. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. Every time I think about what you and I talked about the last time you were on here about how the United States of America is the number one consumer of seafood in the world. Yeah. But we, we do not buy our own fish. No. So why is it that, why is it that our great squid fishery, the number one fishery, commercial fishery in the state of California 
why is our squid being caught here and shipped overseas and processed and brought back? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You know, <clears throat> regulations have forced the producers out. Can't produce it. Um, waterfront property is at a premium. We don't want fish cleaning facilities on the waterfront. We want condos and, you know, Starbucks and stuff like that. And so that's what's happening. You know, who wants to sit there and build condos or buy a condo in front of a bunch of old, crusty, dirty commercial fishermen? You know, who, by the way, doesn't matter how dirty, old, crusty fishermen they are, will definitely be the first one to step up to help you if you're in need. You know, and so we, it doesn't make any sense. No, it just makes zero sense. I have a bunch of keyboard warriors that are posting on my lobster stuff all the time about how the main lobster is better than the California spiny lobster. My th answer to that is why is our lobster $48 a pound then and your lobsters are twelve are two fifty a pound? Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, talked about that. Let everybody know. There's a lot of people watching that love to listen to you. <laughs> I'm, not making, I'm not making a lobster roll out of a California lobster. You know, I'll make it out of an East Coast Maine lobster or or something like that. But, you know, when it comes to lobster, you are what you are. You know, East Coast, West Coast, man, what's better? You know, it, 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 it all depends on where you're from. I met people back east when we were doing the show and talking about the Maine lobster and Johnny Shucks, Shucks Maine lobster. Guy's got this huge operation, man. Super cool, dude. Lobster's great. Maine lobster's good. Me, I prefer the California lobster because that's what I grew up on. Those guys out there, they prefer the Maine lobsters because that's what they grew up, up on, you know. Um, oh, it's not really a lobster because it doesn't have claws and you know it's more like a, a mud bug and yeah well it's a good tasting mud bug you know and you know california lobsters are very well sought after uh the spiny lobster sought after over in china that's the driving force of the export here in the country we don't export the lobsters that we catch we have uh what do i got five guys five six guys that are fishing lobsters for us and we're buying lobsters every single day and we haven't raised our price in tw in four years, you know, on lobsters. And then you have to look at also, this is the most regulated commercial fishery in the state of California, lobster fishery. Yet, and I'm going to get beat up for saying this one, yet the recreational guys, you know, what's the percentage of guys that are turning in their report cards? And what's the percentage right. of guys that are actually staying within the limit or... You know, okay, you limit out real quick, run in, unload, and and go back out there and, and get another get another ten or whatever it is. Gang, look at this. I showed Tommy this earlier before we went live, and Tommy Gomes had never seen a popcorn lobster leg. Gang, it's a big deal for me. Tommy's never seen this. This is the very first time yeah, he ever this saw is this. So cool, Mike, Mike Lewis. We showed Tommy Gomes something in the fishing industry he'd never seen before. Also, we showed Reed the Fishmonger this, and we showed Luke McFadden, three of my idols in the fishing mongering business. I'm just like, and none of them, No one had ever seen that before, Mike Lewis. We we did it. We showed Tommy Gomes something he'd never seen before. That's just That was just fun. You know, as soon as I get up this podcast, because I got a couple of five, six pounders <laughs> in the tank, I'm going to go rip a leg off it. <laughs> And throw it in the microwave oh, for Peter. 20 seconds. Yeah. Peter, Wait till it goes pop. Send me all your hate mail, Peter. I'm going to go rip some legs off. Oh, my gosh. You should see that because that lobster was still wiggling seconds before we dropped it into boiling hot water. We have so many keyboard warriors just you going after You can't do that, us. bro. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that these days, man. Oh, baby. Oh, look at that. What do you got there? Big old thresher shark? Oh, yeah. You know what we did Couple with those? Them. We made linguisa and Italian sausage and chorizo out of those. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, right? Yeah, I love Thresher Shark. Give me a nice Thresher filet with oh, so marinated in some beautiful Hawaiian teriyaki sauce. Oh, You know what I did, Dave? I took the tail and I threw it up on the roof and I covered it 
with some chicken wire and fine mesh screens so the seagulls couldn't pick at it and went up there every week and flipped it over and dried it out and then it got really nice and dry and then I hung it let the oil drain out of it some more so I let it dry for about six months and I took a little Dremel tool and I scrimshot I scrimshot this thresher shark tail really yeah it looked really cool for a while and then it then it rotted out because I didn't let it dry enough <laughs> Uh. <laughs> but it was cool for for a while then it rotted up <laughs> kind of like the rest of us right so talk about your store a little bit we haven't really even talked about your store talk about what's going on down at tunaville market and grocery i loved it when i went there got the food yeah, everything fun. about it the home feeling the the love you feel inside there with everybody's working there. It's a pretty incredible place. Yeah, we got a great crew, you know, and for a lot of people that were shopping at Turner's Outdoors, uh, you probably know Sunny Trent. She's our general manager down here, and she drives race cars. She's super cool. So it was always a dream of both Mitch Conniff and myself um, to open up a shop to support the local commercial fishermen because people always ask what's local, you know, and just because you can get a yellowtail in La Jolla, or I can buy one off a truck that just crossed the border from Ensenada. I don't, I consider that one an import. Uh, it's a, it's a local import. I don't call it a domestic import because it came in off a truck from across the border. Um, there's nothing wrong with the fish. I just don't consider it a hyper local piece of seafood like I would a fish off of La Jolla. So what we do here is a little different. We primarily uh, 90 plus percent of our seafood is locally harvested offloaded here on our dock uh, we have a good group of commercial fishermen of course a lot of folks that are watching this you know randy truson is an investor he fishes for us we're buying his lobsters uh, brian kirahara the american angler he fishes lobsters black cod sheephead we buy all that from him in the off season you know cameron from the vagabond he's fishing as well for us um, John Conniff, Mitch's brother from the Islander, super cool dude. He fishes hard for us as well. So, you know, we're definitely doing the right thing. And, and the one thing is, is that if you look at everybody who's involved with what's going on here at Tunaville Market and Grocery, I mean, there's no way we could do, we could do any kind of a knucklehead move as far as doing something unethical because everybody is such a high profile professional wherever they're at whether it's me as tommy the fishmonger or any of the guys that are invested here and in fishing commercially they all have sport fishing boats and they're all very active in the sport fishing community and the commercial fishing community as well so you know we're doing the right thing we're bringing in super cool stuff we've got dry aged fish going on down there we've got uh, a whole bunch of local products that are being done uh sauces and spices and We've usually got anywhere from Chimino, 8 to 15 different salads going on. So if you're down here at the sport boats, come down and check us out. Grab some fresh pokey. Grab some of our tuna salads that we make here in-house. Grab our octopus salad. Grab anything that you want if you're hungry and check it out, man. Come see us and say hi. But it's been super fun. On it, dump the rest oh, well. of the Chipino base in there. What's really cool is the family feeling when you walk in there. It's not, gang, I can't emphasize this enough, and I never really was aware of it until I had Tommy on the show the second time, is when you're going and you're buying your seafood at the grocery store, you're not getting this. You're not, you don't have any idea what it is, where it came from, how it is, how, what's the good part. You got, just go to Tom, go to Tunaville yeah. Market and Grocery and just ask some questions yeah man the really cool thing is you're going to get your questions answered come on that doesn't even happen anymore in california and you're going to get you're going to get something to snack on you know we have no problem sampling out our salads and stuff and you know 4904 north harbor drive it's just down the boardwalk from fisherman's landing point loma seafoods mitch's seafood h m landing point loma seafoods we're down at the other end towards jimmy's famous american tavern Come down and check it out. You know, we're open uh, Wednesday through Sunday, 10 to 5. Do you see the comment Jason put up here? Yeah. About the leopard shark? Yeah, I mean, I. so that's another thing. You know, if, if, if you're going to eat it, bro, then okay, fine. 
But if you're really not going to eat it, then why kill it? Why harvest it? Um, Gill and gut it right away. Cut the head off right away. Hang it upside down. Let the blood drain out of it. Pack it on ice after about 20 minutes of letting it drain. Pack it on ice. Fillet it up as soon as you can. Uh, let it chill down then fillet it up as soon as you can. Take the skin off, of course, and go ahead and pack it. The one thing that I did when we harvested a, a leopard shark, and this was quite a while ago, gang, because we used uh, the cardboard milk carton, opened it up. We put the fillets in there, and then we filled it up with water, and then we froze them in blocks of water. So we froze them in a block of ice, and then we defrosted them in the sink. And they came out great, but that again, that was a long time ago. That's how my dad did the lobster tails when I was a kid. That's how they came. I always thought lobster tails came in those cardboard milk crate that boxes. Sonny, come on, say hi. Say hi to everybody on at Dave's show. Hey, Sonny, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I was just yeah. talking about her. Yeah, we were, and there she is, magic. Yeah. It's a damn magic show. Good to see you, Sonny. I haven't seen you since Sea World. Yep. Yeah, so no, it's, it's better for the customers to come in and see that pretty face than this. <laughs> that chicken neck. <laughs> that, that big old turkey neck thing. Look at that thing, man. Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, you're not. There's going to take a lot to embarrass you, and that ain't going to be one of the things. Right? But, gang, when Tommy was talking about let that fish cool off before you put it on the ice, we, we kind of grazed over that for a second. But this tuna, this shark, whenever it comes on the boat, right when it's starting to, to uh, lose its life, for lack of a better word, it gets real hot. And it'll melt your ice super fast. So if you're on a skiff or you're on something, you need to cool that fish down before you put it on the ice. That's probably one of the most important things I learned in fish handling was if you throw it in there right when you catch it, it's going to burn all your ice because the fish is super. Oh, Tommy, what is she racing? What class? What kind of cars is she racing? Trucks? What is she, she doing? She's racing cars, modified stock and street stock. Does she have an out? Does she have a uh, Instagram or something we can promote her? Uh, you can get a hold of her here at the shop, okay. you know. But um, yeah, it's super cool, man. She races cars, you know. So right yeah. now, that's a rad deal. That is pretty spectacular. But back to what we were talking about, the fish gang. That fish comes on your boat. It's hot. It might not feel hot. You might have pulled it out of the water, but that fish is getting real hot as he's starting to die. And it's important to cool it down. If you watch Wicked Tuna, you see a lot of the time those guys are dragging that tuna behind the boat for a little bit because they're they're getting the blood out, but they're also letting the fish cool down before they put it in that kill bag to get it iced down. Right, Tom? Yeah, you know, you got to let the fish cool down just a little bit before you throw it in the ice because it's super hot. And you put it in there too hot it's going to melt your ice and it's not like you can pull up to the ice station buoy and get a bunch of more ice you know um so we get it you know um let the fish cool down especially those big tuna you know they do sometimes man they burn at the core you know you take that loin off and there's that that brown strip right down at that loin because it burned at the corner at the core See what see what Dan Smith wrote. I see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. That is funny, Kim. Good job. Yep. Now every time I see a pelican, I'm going to think about him. Every time. Yeah. Ace had a question earlier. He put up there. Is there any fish that's caught that you could sell but you refuse to sell? Um. You know. <clears throat> There, I mean, if it's a local fish, I'll sell it. So the Luvar, okay? Oh, yeah. I so, want a piece. Luvar. I mean, I paid I paid the commercial fisherman fifteen dollars a pound for Luvar. Wow. Okay, I put it in my case for fifty nine ninety nine. I didn't make any money on it. Even at fifty nine ninety nine, I didn't make any money on it. One is because the fisherman came and he's like hey tommy you think i can get a steak out of that i said absolutely i cut two big fat steaks right out of the middle and i handed it to him and he's like you gotta be kidding me man you took it right out of the middle i go dude what am i supposed to do 
he'd give you the tailpiece. Come on. You know? Right. And then people coming in and they're seeing it. Well, how good is it? How good is it? You know, and I go, it's the best fish that you'll ever eat. We don't ever see them again. Where word gets out that I'm paying $15 a pound for this fish. Now, every one of them that's caught from L.A. South, the guy's calling <laughs> going, hey, bro, I got a Luvar. I'm like, bring it in, you know. Next thing I know, I mean, I've had five of them already, and I haven't seen five Luvar in five years. Now I've seen five Luvar in four months, you know. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. But some of the fish, um, you know, uh, a lot of fish, I, I name a sport caught fish. I will not sell it because that's illegal. And we've had uh, – you know, we've had guys come in and, and I've seen, I, I'll get off a little topic here, but I've seen yellowtail with staple marks in them at, at the, some of the stores, man, at some of the seafood oh, yeah. markets. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, you can't do that, man. It's illegal. You're actually going to lay it all on the line for a 12 pound yellowtail. Seriously. That doesn't make any sense. Right. It's crazy. Mike Lewis. Absolutely. I think that would be a phenomenal event. Come up there and have Tommy Gomes and I do a nice little presentation for everybody and have all the members come up. I think that's a great idea. We'll try to put something like that together. That would be fun. We would both love that. Tommy, I heard a rumor that you may be making a guest celebrity appearance at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival this year. Is that true? They haven't they haven't uh, contacted me, but hell yeah, dude, I'm all in. I think I thought I thought Bill mentioned something about it, but maybe he forgot to tell you. <laughs> Bill knows that Bill knows that whatever he needs, man, I'm there for him. You know, I, well, that would be insane. I, wish, I would. I wish I. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, man, I wish I was able to jump in at the very beginning and stuff, but I had contractual agreements that I, and I was just killing me because I'm like, he's such a good dude, and this is it, man. The torch has been passed, and. You know, if you're not going to that show, you're missing out on so many things. And it's just cool, man. It's just cool. And I've watched him sit at the gate and nobody around him. I watched him sit at the gate and watch the families come in and just sit there with a smile. And he's got a magazine in his hand like nobody's going to recognize him. And I walk over and I sit down. I go, it's pretty cool, huh? He looks at me, he goes, what do you mean? I go, it's pretty cool what you built, ain't it, bro? But look at all these families. Look at all these kids. Look at all this stuff going on, man. It's super fun. So, I I mean, I'd be honored to be able to get involved in that again this year, of course. And, you know, if I do, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody down there. It's going to be a great show as usual. Oh, yeah. I'll give up some of my booth space. We could share it. That would be incredible. I got no problem. I'll give you all, I'll give you a nine feet of my 10 foot booth space. All I need is a foot. No, we just, we'll just get a couple of captain's chairs and have our own question and answer period. Oh yeah. It'd be so good. It'd be mind boggling. That was Renee that just walked in. You remember Renee, the, oh, my, cool. my, fillet, my cutter say hi, Renee. Yeah. Oh, you're not supposed to come on the show. Oh, oh put your, put your hoodie on, put your hoodie on. You can't, no one can see your face. Remember he's, he's <laughs> yeah. getting out of here. I'll tell you, man, this guy, <laughs> there ain't nobody cut like this guy. Nobody. Cuts Elliot, like if you got a quick second to grab that halibut video off our social media, it's the best fish cutter in the industry. That's the first time you've ever seen his face. Cause when I made those videos yeah. at Tommy's, Tommy said, you cannot show Renee's face. And I never showed it. He, we showed his hands. It's okay. We, now, we had a long talk and, uh, cause I asked him, I go, Renee, man, how come you don't want anybody to see your face? Uh, I don't want anybody to try and come and steal me away from this place. I'm like, right on. Don't worry, bro. You're not going to get any more money from me. You just pulled up in a brand new Jeep. I'm driving a six year old Prius. Right, right. No, I remember seeing his Jeep when I was there. No, he's doing a great thing. And God, there, I, I've seen, and you and I, we laughed about it. We, you and I cut fish for years yeah. and years and years, but we just both stand there and watch Renee and just, yeah. That guy's and it's phenomenal. just, there's not one move that isn't totally, he doesn't waste any no. moves. Every move is just totally, yeah. uh, it is the most funnest thing to watch if, I know you can't bring people back there to watch him because he, but he's doing an unbelievable thing. So, 
I'm gonna, I'm dying here. So we have, you know, I'm looking for cutters. I'm looking for help. We need, we need a couple of people behind the counter. We need, you know, some prep cook stuff. And, and I need another, I need a filet or I need a cutter. And guys will come in and go, yeah, I cut fish. And I go, okay, cool. Well, here, stand next to Renee. And, and this is how we do it here. Renee will whip out five fish in a heartbeat. And I'm like, okay, man, your turn. And they're like, yeah, nah, bro, I can't do that. I go, all right, well, thank you for letting us know. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's all right. Not many of us can. I know I can't. I can cut fish, but I can't cut like that guy. No. And I put up $1,000 of my own money when the keyboard warriors were going nuts on that post when I posted the halibut video, yeah. him cutting those halibut. And there were people going, oh, I could. And I said, okay, 1000 US dollars. I will fly to. I will fly up there and I'll meet you at Tommy's and I'll stand there with the $1,000 bill and I'm ready to hand it to yeah. you. No, it ain't going to happen. Crumble like a bag of potato chips. Here, I think we got this video. We can get it to load real quick. Elliot's doing an amazing job behind the scenes. I know we're running out of time. Check out. This thing loads up. We'll play it. If it doesn't load up, we'll talk about it. But it's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. If you haven't watched this halibut video, gang, Renee cuts these five halibut. In, and it's less than five minutes. It is... And they're cut, done, ready for the case. They're in the case. It's over. It's it's yeah. the most incredible thing. I don't know if it's going to load, Elliot. I don't know. But Beautiful. Um, Look at that. <laughs> yeah, he loaded them so fast. It's just a black screen. But no, it's incredible. We didn't get the video to load. If it loads before we go off the air, I can I can see it on my end. Oh, you can? Yeah. Good. Okay, well, then hopefully every... No, it's not playing for me. But if everybody else is watching, then fine. I, Look I at that. Is it. that incredible? And Renee, Renee's been, he worked for me at Catalina Offshore Products. And, you know, he was there with me for over 15 years. And again, big congratulations to Dave Rudy at Catalina Offshore. He sold the company. Oh, it yeah. went public yesterday. Um, so that's super cool. You know, he gets to slip into a bunch of much warmer water and go diving and doing travel the world, which he loves to do. And photograph everything under the water so big props to dave rudy and and uh, good luck to san diego seafoods taking that building over and moving forward and bringing more seafood to san diego man we appreciate what dave did and i know i certainly wouldn't be where i'm at today without dave helping me along you know especially just coming out of college <laughs> yeah yeah no one's ever seen that, Mike Lewis. Even the superstars of uh, social media. Yeah, and it was good to have you there, Chris. I'm glad you showed up. He, Chris was the guy. about that shovel nose. Came down into your shop and we cut those shovel nose. Good jobs. Yeah, that was a fun day. That was a fun day. It's always fun to come up there and see that. I'm flying up to San Diego tomorrow. I'm going out to go fish with my grandson up at... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have time on Tuesday on the way back down. I'm flying out of Ensenada so, or out of Tijuana. So maybe I could stop by and see on Tuesday morning. I don't know. It's always fun, Tommy. I can't believe we burned an hour that fast. Yeah, that, it always goes quick. Let me know, Dave, when you get in town, man. Maybe we'll grab lunch or early, late breakfast, early lunch before you split down below. All right. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you all for watching today. And listen. Tommy Gomes is everywhere. It's almost impossible. He's like me. It's almost impossible to not see him. Every morning, he starts off his morning with a cup of coffee down at Driscoll's Wharf there, talking about what's coming in on the boat. If you haven't followed Tommy on social media, you need to jump on there. He's got his own page, Tommy Gomes, where he actually shares real stuff because he's not afraid on that page. And then you can go over to Tunaville Market and Grocery where it's a little filtered. But... <laughs> It's fun to watch you, man. It's fun to get up in the morning and see what the hell's coming to the port and see what's going on. There it is. There's your there's your page. Follow Tommy on social media, gang. You won't be disappointed. And stop buying your seafood from Walmart. Yeah, man. Support local. Your neighbor appreciates it. 
We all do. Plus, you'll, your body will appreciate it. You're going to absolutely know what you're eating, gang. It's so gross, the garbage that they're feeding us. It's just so sad and so scary. Yeah. So thank you very much, Elliot, Tommy, everybody that watched the show today. And don't forget, tomorrow night, it's going to be spectacular. If you haven't watched our live HoopNet shows yet, it's something to see. You will be blown away. You don't have to watch the whole three hours, but go in there and look around and check it out. It is incredible. Live from the boat fishing three hour trip we filmed the whole thing live no one's ever done this before we're on to something big time here you're going to be next year people are going to be going every boat's filming fishing live yeah. you get to see the ins the outs you get to see the like the old wild world of sports the beginning of it yeah, the agony of yes we get to see it all it's not edited man we're pulling up hoop nets full of water a lot. There's a lot of them coming up full of water, gang. We don't edit nothing. You get to see, and then you get to see when that 13-pounder comes over the rail. It's incredible. And my captain, Justin, he goes out of his, and there's, there's, that is my wife's lobster, 18 and three-quarter pounds. That one, everybody wants one bigger than that. Yeah, anyway. that's a joke. Good luck. That's a 18 joke. and three-quarter pounds. It lived at the aquarium in Long Beach for a little while. She didn't let us kill it. We didn't get to eat it. The guys that run the aquarium got to eat that one. But Nice. <laughs> Thanks. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We're going to let Tommy go back to work. See ya. Thanks.